Greetings, well met, and welcome to Level With You, a WoW Classic podcast. I'm Liam. And I'm Austin. And Austin, welcome to Azeroth. Yeah, thanks. Um, it's. Do you, do you even know what that is? I assume it's the name of the continent or the world, but I'm not 100% sure. You, you got it. You it's, got is it, it it's the world? Yeah. It's the world of Warcraft? The, the world of Warcraft. Gotcha. Yeah. Although uh, we will eventually maybe be getting to places outside of Azeroth in Ooh. our in our travels. Okay. Uh, so I guess to just intro the concept to this podcast for people who don't know, uh, I started playing WoW Classic, and that's basically WoW like it was. I'm playing uh, the first expansion, the Burning Crusade, which is still basically at the beginning the base game. That's basically WoW from like 2005 to 2007, which is when I started playing. Uh, I started playing WoW, yeah, right right around that time. Um, my like main in WoW, I actually went and like create. I went and logged back in. It's still there, uh, and I checked my playtime. And I played 6,000 hours of this goddamn game. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, and I just thought like. I was really nostalgic for WoW Classic because it's something that I spent a lot of time on, obviously, and it's something that I did when I was younger. And the thing that I'm really nostalgic for is that feeling of playing it and sharing it like with somebody. And so I guess that's, Austin, where you come in. You you played... How much World of Warcraft have you played before yesterday? Um, Less than 10 hours, for sure. I played once with a friend in high school um and i found it not very fun when they weren't playing with me um like they're like oh, okay mm-hmm. you can level by yourself and then i'll we'll come back and do stuff and it's like okay and then like as soon as they would log off i would just like immediately lose interest uh so it did not stick for me so i think i maybe got to like level eight or nine yeah i remember when i started playing i was playing with a friend from grade school and he was the person where when I logged off, he stopped playing. But mm-hmm. then when he was logged off, I would keep playing. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So I quickly like out-leveled him. And then it was the point where he couldn't even play with me anymore because I was too high level. And then I ended up making new friends. Uh, but that's another story. Uh, so the two of us are going to be playing uh, classic World of Warcraft, or the Burning Crusade classic, uh, every week. We're going to play a few hours a week, and then we're just going to talk about how it went. Kind of like a book club or a game club. So I guess before we get into what we played, uh, I just want to get a general feeling. What was your general impression of World of Warcraft in 2022? Like, how did you feel playing? Um, It felt... Hmm. So... I've played a decent amount of RPGs in my time, um, and it felt... But no, but no other MMOs, right? Correct. Like this is... Yeah, this is like my first yeah. MMO proper. Like, I've played a little bit of Star Wars uh, The Old Republic, but again, maybe a dozen hours. Um, right, okay. So, it was interesting that, like, I sort of knew that, like, in the back of my head that this was not necessarily the predecessor to a lot of RPG tropes, but I guess kind of, right? Um, 
I mean, it, it popularized a, a lot, lot of things. Of... WoW is famous for like stealing from the MMOs that came right before it. Uh, like, I knew a lot of people that had come from um, EverQuest specifically, and mm. WoW borrowed a ton from EverQuest and other RPGs like that, other MMOs like that. But it really popularized a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it feels, uh, hence the name, I guess, sort of classic, even though I've never played it before. Um, yeah. It's like. Yeah, experiencing something that's like a foundational piece in a medium, I guess for the first time. Like when okay. you like for example, like when you first like watch Star Wars or something, and you're like, I know that this is an important piece in the medium and a lot of things draw from this. So it's neat to go back and see the thing that they're drawing from for the first time. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, like we're going to get into it today, but there's like some enemies that you fight in early wow that just like when people say the name of those monsters to me like that they're iconic like i go straight to those those wow creatures when i was you know uh like eight or nine playing wow for the first time right just like like that's what i like we're gonna talk about kobolds later oh yeah exactly that's what i was gonna say (laughs) like i think of the wow kobold like those little guys are just like in my brain forever oh yeah for Uh, sure like I was gonna say, like it's the epitome, or not the epitome, but the um, just like infamous fetch quest. I don't know if it's from WoW, but I've always associated it with WoW, even though I've not really played it. And I got to do some of those this week, and that was fun. Yeah, we, we talked about like how iconic it is in kind of there's iconic in like a good way, where there's a ton of stuff that's really memorable and a ton of like imagery that really works, but it's also kind of iconic in an infamous way. Uh, in terms of, you know, it's a lot of running around. It's a lot of busy work. Yeah, it's a lot exactly. Of, yeah. And I think, hopefully, just, like, playing a few hours every week instead of just trying to, like, mainline this game for 20 hours a week or more will be... Maybe it'll alleviate that. Maybe it'll make it worse. We'll find out. Yeah. So I guess, at this point, we should get into the characters that we're playing uh, and how we're playing it. So we're playing on the Grobulus RP PVP server. Um, We're playing as Alliance and we're both playing as humans because we wanted to be in the same starting area. And I'm playing a human paladin named Maeve and she's very cool. Uh, I kind of, the wow character creation, that's another like, iconic thing that's never going to leave my brain it, it's kind of terrible but i kind of love it <laughs> uh it gives you like just enough customization like i gave my character kind of cool red hair and like some piercings and i felt like okay i'm playing like a character now not just like a random human um how, yeah. did, how did your character creation go <clears throat> uh yeah so it's like I've, I've definitely been the person in the past to just spend like an hour on character creation for an RPG that you never see the character's face. Um, yes. But I think you put it well where it's like, it gives you just enough to make it interesting without giving you too many options to where it's almost overwhelming. Um, so, and cause 'cause a lot of modern MMOs are kind of like that. Like, uh, and modern RPGs in general, the character creators are just like, you can get lost very... in sliders for years. Oh, 100%. We're, we're both playing Elden Ring, and, and yeah. that's very much like... Yeah, Elden Ring. Um, I remember Fallout 4 had a very in-depth character creator as well. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you could spend 
hours and hours trying to create something if you wanted to. Um, so there was like a nice simplicity in like, I don't know, a couple dozen options per slider at that. So, yeah. Yeah. And then what, uh, what did you, what class did you go with? Oh yeah. So I decided to go with a human rogue named Varth, Varthos or sorry, Varthros. Um, I picked it from the random name generator. Um, that's great. I just clicked it until I found one. I was like, that looks cool. Um, I, I got to tell you, that's how I named my first character. I feel like I felt it was very appropriate um, to to go that route. So I did. Yeah, absolutely. Shout outs to anyone. If anyone uh, ran into Bic Dutinu, a troll priest <laughs> uh, in like 2005, uh, that was me. But so uh so yeah so we created our characters and now i guess uh we're gonna log in the noble humans of stormwind are a proud tenacious race though the recent invasion of the demonic burning legion decimated their sister kingdom of Lordaeron. The defenders of Stormwind stand vigilant against any who would threaten the sanctity of their lands. Nestled in the foothills of Elwyn Forest, Stormwind City is one of the last bastions of human power in the world. Ruled by the child king Anduin Rin, the people of Stormwind remain steadfast in their commitment to the Grand Alliance. Backed by their stalwart allies, the armies of Stormwind have been called away to fight the savage horde on distant battlefields. With the armies gone, the defense of Stormwind now falls to its proud citizens. You must defend the kingdom against the foul mongrels that encroach upon it, and hunt down the subversive traitors who seek to destroy it from within. Now is the time for heroes. Now humanity's greatest chapter can be told. So, Austin, how did you feel about this, like, monologue? I have it in front of me. I'm, I'm reading through the transcript of it right now. Uh, did you did any of, did you feel like this was just going way over your head? Were you like, I want to know more about this? Like, how, um, did, how do you deal with that? Well, yeah, so... It felt because they they just go right for it. Like yeah, there is no there's no background or anything like that. So it's yeah. If you don't know anything, then you're just like, uh huh, sure. I'm sure I'll figure out some of this stuff later. Like <laughs> okay, the Burning Legion. Yeah, uh, I was like, yeah, Lordaeron, sure. Uh, what what is any of that? Yeah, exactly. I was like, I'm sure Stormwind will be something that we encounter soon. Um, and... Yeah, you, you see it in the intro. It's where the camera, like, starts. It's on the gates of Stormwind. And we do get a quest this week to go visit Stormwind, which uh, we'll probably get to next week. Yep. Um, and, I don't know, it felt like it was good world building without going, like, super, super in-depth. Like, it was, it's still pretty in-depth. Like, it drops a lot of terms on you that you're not, that I'm not familiar with. Um, yeah, and, you know, this is weird for me because, so... Previous to this game, there were other games in, like, the Warcraft universe, obviously. The big one that a lot of people played was Warcraft 3. And the war in Warcraft 3, you're kind of doing some of the stuff that they describe here. Like, the Burning Legion shows up in that game. 
the Horde and the Alliance are working together in that game, whereas now they're kind of against each other. But coming at it in 2022, out of context, it's just like, what are these proper names you're throwing at Yeah, me? it's very, like, like, it felt very, um, not necessarily generic fantasy, but like tropey fantasy. Um, which I mean it is so that's fine yeah and a lot of the language like the savage horde and yeah the foul mongrels yes like that encroach upon it and subversive traitors and it's very it's painting a picture and it really is it really is and whoever they got to do the voiceover does like a, a great like performance i feel like he does uh i don't know if you've created any other characters but he does the voiceover for all of the other races as well oh really and, even uh, like even the horde yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, and it cool. just sets like it sets like a nice tone like coming in like okay like this is kind of just enough to get me a general idea of where i'm situated uh and honestly where the humans are situated in this game is kind of interesting so we should talk about it uh so the first we we go to northshire abbey is the first place that we kind of find our character in. And we pick up a quest from a Stormwind guard. Um, and immediately, they have us killing people. Yeah. Well, actually, actually not uh, under some definition of the word people right away, right? Because right. We, get, we get a quest to go kill some kobolds that are holding up in a mine. Mm-hmm. And kobolds, I mean, we talked about it. They're little guys. They have clothes. They talk. Uh, famously, the the you know take candle. Yeah, I was gonna say like yeah. They, they kept asking about the candles. Yeah, because they all carry these these candles. With yeah, them. I noticed um, that they have like little candles on their heads, um, which I thought was jobs. super cute. <laughs> yeah, they're they're adorable, honestly, and it's and it's weird. Like they have jobs, like they're called like laborers and workers. Yeah, um, I so I've been t- I was re- taking notes when I was playing, and then it's later on um, in the. St- the story but like it's still kind of tied to like because there's a few different quests that like kill some of these level kobolds and then like you go to the next tier up and then the next tier up so it's like you do the workers and then like the laborers and and one of them you have to go through the mine and it's like kill i think it's uh 10 or 20 and i wrote down in my notes that i feel like i'm like a union buster like what, what did these kobolds <laughs> yeah. do like are they just demanding fair wages like why are the humans so against them being in these mines because it doesn't look like there are any human miners that they're like taking over the mine from so i was very confused what the motivations were behind that other than they don't look like us and they're tiny little guys but so i want to talk about that because there's the quests hint at it if you read some of the quest text like very carefully but it's really not explicit uh one of the mines later they talk about it's um it was taken over by the kobolds mm. so the kobolds came in and they took this mine and they just wanted it so they set up shop in there and so i guess you're supposed to infer that that's what all the kobolds are doing but it's not clear it's like is this their mine and we're coming in and taking it from them or was this one of our mines that they took from us or why can't we talk to them you know there's none of right that. It's yeah just like especially these are like i mean i think the literal first kobolds you fight are like kobold vermin is what they're called yeah and the first few of the missions that you're sent on, they don't even aggro to you until you attack them. So it's literally yeah. like they're going about their business and just defending themselves when you attack them. Like later on, I think it's the third one, they actually will aggro to you if you get close enough. But 
The first one yeah. is you could be literally next to one and attacking its friend, and it won't even do anything. And it's just like that. They seem very peaceful to me. Like I know game mechanic wise, it's say that you don't get ganged up on um, when you're still really low level. Um, but it does like paint a picture of like exactly. your relationship to the world, right? And mm-hmm. that combined with like the language that they use in the intro, where it's like you're these like stalwart and steadfast citizens and everything it's it's like very strange it is yeah yeah it it and like you're working you're working for the cops basically as yeah exactly like level one human right exactly uh and let's you talked about the the red versus yellow uh names which tell you if they're gonna automatically like be aggressive towards you or not let's talk about the other quests that they get into so they also have you kill off some wolves Mm-hmm. which okay there's like a ton of wolves there's like there's so many wolves like right outside this abbey there's so many so i get so okay they want us to kill off some wolves but then the next question you get they have you killing full-on other humans and these are the first people that do have the red names versus the yellow and these are the defias brotherhood yep. and again really we don't get a lot of information uh they, they get called thieves and that's about it. And we have to go kill them. Yeah. Uh, from what I could infer, they there's some bandits who kind of went into the nearby vineyard and kicked all the the law-abiding citizens out and are just kind of hunkered down in the vineyard. But again, yeah. it just seems like they're not necessarily... I mean, the fact that they outright attack you if you get close paints them as evil. But other than that, there's not a lot to go off of. Yeah, I mean, when they fight you, they say things like, um, hey, this this land belongs to the Defias Brotherhood now, or, oh, those fools at the Abbey sent you. Mm-hmm. So it seems like they can kind of tell that you're in to fight with them, but... Yeah. Um, and they're all identified with these red scarves, which is going to continue. Um, but at least to start out, we don't get a lot of information on who these guys are. It's just... Yeah, they post it up in this vineyard and kind of want it for themselves. And, you know, it does talk about in the intro how kind of the army is away and it's kind of up to the citizens to kind of stave off these internal and external threats. And maybe, like, that's what they're talking about is the people like the Defias Brotherhood. But we really don't know what their motivation is. Yeah, all I can, yeah, it seems that there's some bandits who are possibly taking advantage of the fact that the armies aren't around, so... Yeah, that they're just the citizens in general are less likely to stick up for themselves. It's kind of like an old West movie, <laughs> in a sense. Uh, yeah, a- absolutely. Uh, so you fight off these bandits. You get another quest where um, the person who was uh, planting in the orchard wants you, Millie. She wants you to go and get her grapes that she left behind. Um, so you get those. Eventually, um, the one of the guys you're talking to, one of the guards, he says, hey, I want you to go kill uh, one of the leaders of these guys, Garrick Padfoot, and he's the first named enemy that you run into. Uh, and he's also the first time where there's, um, you have to fight, you have to fight more than one enemy at once. Because it's possible to accidentally kind of aggro two people when you're in the vineyard, but for the most part, you're kind of just fighting one-on-one. But this guy has, like, guards posted up with him yeah and yeah and it's really hard like uh it doesn't let you aggro just one of them either because i was like yeah they're they're too close together you can't pull them 
separately. You have to just fight the whole group. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because I certainly did try, because I was like, oh, you know, 1v1ing these people is pretty easy. I had 2v2 to a couple people, or 2v1 to a few people. Um, and it was yeah. definitely, like, more stressful, like, oh, no. Um, yeah. So, I, was so like, I think this is, I think this is a fight you're, I think this is a fight you're supposed to win, but, I like, pretty pretty reasonably. But it is supposed to be a moment of, like, oh, dang, I need to be careful about how many people I'm fighting. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I felt like the whole vineyard was kind of like that, where it's like, you gotta be careful, you're in enemy territory, and, they're, they're, yeah. and this is like the first time that they're actually, the enemy territory is aggressive towards you, versus like, oh, if you run into a cobalt, it's it's not gonna hurt you. Um, right, you but, have to you have to swing first. Yeah, but this one, it's like, you have to be careful, like, if you bump into someone, they're just gonna attack you, so you have to be, like, at least for me, playing a rogue, I was just like, sneaky, sneaky, oh, there's one person, I can take him out, and then, you know, continue right. that way. Until I made my way to the uh, to the boss. So we we kill Garrick. We cut off his head, which is kind of <laughs> gnarly. Yeah. Uh, and we turn it in. And at this point, um, I think did you talk to the the class trainer at the Abbey as well and like learn a couple new skills? I did. Yeah. Uh, there's a thing to say like, hey, there's someone around back. And I was like, okay. So I walked around there, and it was like rogue trainer. And I was like, interesting. So I picked up um, the stealth skill. I think that was the only one I was at the appropriate level for at the time was the stealth skill. And I experimented with that a little bit. So how was that? Did you get to use that in like the vineyard at all? Or was it still kind of just like running around? Oh, no, I did. Um, when the For the quest to hunt the, the boss person down and take him out, uh, I was like, I'm going to try to use this stealth skill. So I did, and... It's not perfect, because um, there are certain people who still noticed you, but... Because I tried to yeah. get close to him, because I had an ability that was like, you have to be behind your target to use it, and I hadn't really been able to use it yet. So I tried to use it, but it, I still wasn't able to figure it out. But the stealth skill yeah. was still really cool. It's super cool, and I love that they give it to you, like, almost right off the bat. Like, yeah, you fight a few kobolds or whatever, but pretty quick, like, you get the stealth skill. And it does straight up just make you invisible, like you said, with some restrictions. Mm-hmm. And it's not, they never really just tell you, like, how it works. But basically, um, if you approach enemies from the front, it's easier for them to see you. And if you get within a certain range, it's a little easier for them to see you. But if you approach while stealth from behind, a lot of enemies, you can get right up behind them and and backstab them that's awesome um, i try to do that with the boss but he his back is to like a tent um yep. so i was unable to do that unfortunately yep and that's another thing where it kind of teaches you like how the enemies are positioned in the environment can be important mm-hmm. um so yeah i i'm playing a paladin so i got a few a paladin so far i basically just hit things with my big hammer <laughs> And I have some buffs that I could throw out, and I have like some holy damaging spells and a holy healing spell. And so it's cool to have a healing spell right off the bat. You don't really need it in a lot of situations, um, but it's you know I'm getting the feel for like okay, this is what a paladin is like. And I've played paladin before, but it's not it's never been like my main character. And so it's kind of interesting thinking about like how much of your like core kit they give you right off the bat and what are they kind of trying to teach you about how this class plays right away right. because i'm guessing you know a lot of people they log in they play the class until maybe like level five level 10 and they're like 
ah, I don't like this class. I'm going to go play a different class. I think that probably happens for a ton of people. Uh, yeah, I would say so, probably. And I think it's important from a game design perspective to make sure that you're front-loading the class with enough things to keep people interested. Like, like you tease them with enough... Yeah, you tease them with enough of the, hey, this is sort of what your class is about. You might do some cooler stuff later, some better, like, more efficient versions of this thing, but you want to entice... You want the core thing to be kind of front and center um, to keep people interested and to want them to sink their teeth in more. And I think, like you said, they did a pretty good job of doing that. Yeah. Um, so with that, uh, oh, we have to go talk to the, the like, bishop or, or priest or whatever, and he's at the top of the, the abbey, which actually took me a little while to find, even though I've done Same. the starting zone maybe, like, a hundred times. Uh, it's still, I'm like, where the heck is this guy? Yeah, that was something else I wrote down. It was just like, the map is not super intuitive. And like, uh, I was like, oh, I can expand the map. But that just goes to like a world map. Um, so it was kind of difficult to get used to coming from like a 2022 like um, map perspective of like, things are often very detailed in the mini map. Or at least a map that you can like open up and zoom into. And this one is just like, there's sort of like the mini map in the corner. And then other than that, there's not a lot to go on, which I noticed was an issue with some of the quests as well. Like I was like, oh, there's no quest markers really for, um, for example, like where's the, the mine or where's the vineyard? And it's like, oh, you have to go to the quest description and look for it. Um, yeah. And the thing you're describing is something that I think like can't really happen anymore i mean we talked about elden ring earlier but Mm -hmm. like the choice to do something like that to not give you a lot of information on where to go in a game like this is just like a a wild choice to make it is Um, it really is and you know like the map doesn't show like three-dimensional space so you're like i know the guy's in this in this building but i don't know how to get to him you know right like i I ran around like in circles in that building for a little bit, figuring out, okay, I got to go up the stairs, then I got to go around, and then I got to go up more stairs, you know, before you find him. So, yeah, he was literally the last uh, room of the place that I went into. Like, I go into the one room, and I'm like, oh, he's upstairs. I go upstairs, not in that area. I go back down over the next wing, try again, still yeah. nothing. I'm like, I know it's supposed to be in this room, but I don't know where. So, I will say, uh, World of Warcraft is a game that has always been played by people with guides and with add-ons telling you, yeah, go here on your map. Um, and that's something that, I, you know, Austin, I sent you like, hey, here's a website you can go to to find something or here's an add-on you can install that'll show stuff on the map. I, I say like, go for it. Don't get too mired in like, I got to have the authentic experience because honestly, the authentic experience in like 2007 was everyone had add-ons. Everyone had quest help add-ons. Everyone was looking stuff up. Okay. Um, That makes sense, I suppose. Because the game just honestly doesn't give you enough to find everything that you need to find. And there's a lot of stuff that you can miss if you're not, uh, if you don't know where to look. Oh yeah. It's um, the next little area that we go to I had that issue where um, the next town passed the starting abbey. Let's uh, let's talk about that because we're done with Northshire and we get a quest to go report to another guard and we actually get deputized into the Stormwind Army. Yep. 
uh, at this point. <laughs> and they have us report to Goldshire, which is a town in the south, kind of in the center of uh, Elwyn Forest. to go check out another nearby mine kind of continuing the story from the first area but that one doesn't tell you where the mine is exactly and i did have to look i did have to look it up i was like i walked around i ended up very far east um with things that were much higher level than i was i think i was level six and i was like running into level 10 enemies and i was just like oh no i think i even swam across a river and it was like you've entered a pvp zone and i was like oh no i'm in danger <laughs> so i had to go back and i went back i ended up using the little hearthstone to go back to to uh, the town and yep. i do like that feature because there was no there's no fast travel as far as i can tell otherwise um so we'll get a little bit more fast travel in the next couple zones we go to we're gonna start getting a flight master where you can fly faster than way faster than you could run but not instantly from one place to another okay um, but for now it is a lot of running yeah and as far as i can tell there's not like a running button it's just the same speed nope. forward okay i was like am i mis- nope. was i missing it okay so nope you just your walk speed is your walk speed yeah so uh, i ended up getting yeah, lost having to go back there's a button you can press to walk slower oh great uh, <laughs> It's it's colloquially called RP walking. Oh, I you're see. Supposed to do it as like a role playing thing, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's just that's that's your speed. <laughs> There's gonna be right now the map is as big as it's ever gonna be for you, mm-hmm. and um, I think it's level thirty with the Burning Crusade Classic where you get a mount um, where you can go faster, and uh, rogues will get actually a sprint button. Uh, it's on a cooldown, but you will get it. Oh, thank goodness. Uh. And then we'll also unlock some other stuff. But right now, the Hearthstone, yeah, is our my, our major means of uh, traveling quickly from place to place. Yeah, so I ended up really far to the east at a bridge, and I Hearthstone back. And then I was just like, I don't know where this is supposed to be at, so I had to Google it. And it's basically directly south, but it, nothing tells you that, like I said. Yeah. Like, so... Before we before we talk about what's to the south of us, do we want to talk about how much of the actual town of Goldshire do you explore? Because it's really just one building. It's the Lion's Pride Inn. Yeah, I plus uh, a little bit else. Yeah, so I went in that building and took a quest. I think it was to get some candles, um, if yep. I remember correctly. And then I looked around a little bit, and I didn't actually explore it until I came back with the candles. Um, when the guard was like oh yeah there are trainers in this in this building and i talked to a couple different ones to get cooking and first aid and things like that but i yeah i, I explored it after you mentioned the, the the professions yep let's talk about the professions so there are trainers that you can talk to who will give you little jobs that you can do to gather and earn some gold uh cooking and first aid will give you consumables to regain hp Mm-hmm. Um, which is super nice because your basic HP regen out of combat is pretty low. Um, 
Oh yeah, I definitely had to eat a little bit when I was uh, yep. in the vineyard and stuff. Yep, and they give you food, and mobs will drop food and stuff like that. Oh yeah, uh, or you can purchase it from vendors also. Uh, and yeah, there's a lot. There's a so there's an inn where you can set your Hearthstone point to, and it's kind of your first hub. And the idea is. There's going to be a lot of quests from this hub and kind of the surrounding area. You're going to go out. You're going to do the quests. You're going to come back to the hub. You're going to sell all the gear that you get. And then you're going to go back out and do more quests. And it's kind of introducing you to that idea. Yeah, and I really like that um, in a lot of RPGs. I just love the central hub idea. Yeah. And this is a nice central hub. Uh, I'm probably going to play it at some point, but it's got... Some nice music when you walk into the end. Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed the ambiance. So we so we go down to the Fargo Deep Mine, which is the mine to the south. And this mine is the first time in the game where you can kind of die. Uh, yep. Because it's very easy, especially once you get into close quarters, to pull not just two enemies onto you, but three. And I don't know about you, but for me, three was kind of the break point where it's like, oh, I'm in trouble now. Yeah, so uh, this wasn't the first time I died, actually. Um the first time I died, I was going to uh, Stormfire, Storm, Stormwind, Stormwind, Stormwind. Yeah, yeah the little town um, that we were going. Or no, sorry, Goldshire, Goldshire. I was going to Goldshire from the Abbey, and um, you know, just traditional RPG player of like straight shot, just go for it. So I'm just walking. Through, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to follow the road. Yeah, what are roads for? Not for me. Uh, so I go start walking through the forest, and there's like a level 12 bandit, and it's like fresh meat. I'm like, oh god. So I try to run away, but I just can't get away quick enough, and I just definitely got, I definitely died. Um, and the death mechanic is interesting. The death mechanic is strange. It so is. It, it spawns you at a graveyard, and you're in spectral form, mm -hmm. and there's a big, like, angel right there looking at you yeah and you think to yourself like okay am i supposed to talk to the angel but no it turns out if you talk to the angel uh she'll respawn you but at a cost of your gear durability and you'll lose gold and you'll be debuffed for a while oh wow uh, actually i did not know that yeah actually what you're supposed to do is you're now supposed to run back to where your dead body is and then respawn which is i'm guessing what you did yeah that's what i did um yeah yeah, because uh, I was briefly familiar with it from the last time I played. I was like, I'm pretty sure I've surrendered back to my body. Um, yep. And it was it's, it's marked on the map with a little coffin. So I, I ran back, um, but I got back too quick, and the person was there again. <laughs> they like they had not moved <laughs> oh, from no. their spot. Yeah, so I was like, oh, no. So I died again, and the second time I had made it, like, I, I was able to run far enough between my first and second death, so then when I, my second respawn, I made it to the road. And the person stopped chasing me. And I was like, oh, yeah. well, I guess this is more traditional fantasy where you stick to the roads <laughs> um, because they're yeah. safe. And that's what they're there for. It, it, and that's that's so interesting because 
it is definitely teaching you that lesson that like okay you stick on the roads probably not going to run into many like wandering enemies you go off the roads there's a chance that yeah something stronger than you're expecting is just gonna gonna get you yeah um especially because in the first area it's just like the woods are just like you know kobolds and wolves right. that don't attack you so it's just like oh the, the woods are just there but they're not dangerous and you uh as soon as you leave the, right. the safety of the abbey you realize that's not necessarily true yeah it's it's a lot more dangerous out there yeah um so we make it to the mine and this is the first time you can really die against enemies that are kind of like your level right uh, that you're like intended to fight mm-hmm. because it's just close quarters in the mine I don't know if you found it, but there's actually two entrances into the mine. Oh, there's really? There's one on the right-hand side that's kind of busy, and there's one on the left-hand side, uh, lower down, where it's more one enemy at a time. And there's also a chest down there. That's uh, the first chest that you run into in the game, and oh. you can just open it yeah, and the... get some cool items. Yeah, so that's the, that's the entrance I found. I didn't know there was another entrance, oh. but that was the one I stumbled okay. upon, yeah. So the entrance further up the hill mm-hmm. is where there's, like three enemies posted up right at the entrance who will fight you oh okay so the so the back entrance the one that you happen to run into is actually you can kind of fight one enemy at a time yeah it's a lot easier getting in there yeah i went in there and had a lot of success i ended up i did end up um eventually aggroing too many but it was much further in right once it gets into those open areas where there's just kobolds milling around, yeah. it's a lot easier. Yep. But you can at least get into the mine and explore, and we do that. Um, a little bit south of the mine, I don't know if you did this, there's a couple of farms. I did check those and, out, yeah. And it's kind of intending you to go sort of back in between these farms and sort of ping pong between them and do a few quests. Um, and I'll, you know, you'll get a quest from one farm and it'll say, go talk to this person at the other farm and vice versa. Yeah, there was one um, that was like, deliver this love letter. And I haven't finished that quest yet, but I, I do remember getting it. I I have to say, I love the tone of these quests, just compared to what we've done so far. Yeah, it's a lot uh, less violent. You're more of just a messenger, which is nice to be like, yeah, the woods are dangerous, as we just, just established a few minutes ago. Um, so these farmers don't want to risk it, and there's not really roads that go to and from all the farms. So it's like, hey... You're an adventurer. Right, it's Do you like, want to come? Hey, deliver can this? you deliver this letter? Can you find my lost pendant? Can you can you kill this prize-winning pig that my neighbor has? Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just it's a welcome reprieve from like kill twenty kobolds. Yes, exactly. Uh, so yeah, uh, you haven't finished the love letter quest. I have. I haven't either. Actually, there's a few uh, pieces to that um there was something interesting that happened during the mine actually um that i guess is the first uh mmo part of the game was um there's someone else doing the quest too and i got a a little message popped up it was like join this group um or it was like you know has added you to this group for this quest and then i guess we did it together um and split some of the loot but that's cool yeah it was just a completely random person i died um a little after i joined that was when i died um but i got back and then we continued a little further then they died uh and then i finished the quest i got got all the materials and then i just kind of left um we said our little goodbye or whatever but it was interesting like just a random person like hey let's do this together since we're both down here um yep 
And especially, like we talked about, this is kind of the first time where it gets a little bit challenging, Mm -hmm. where it's kind of easy to die. You said, you know, you both died. Yep. Sometimes, you know, uh, it's two people in the same place doing the same quest. Might as well team up. You know, you'll you'll get a little bit less experience when you're in a group, but it is a lot safer. That makes sense, yeah. It's also... It's also faster because you have two people uh, damaging down enemies and you can pull extra ones and things like that. Yeah, no, it was interesting. And it was the second interaction I, or I guess it wasn't the second interaction. It was one of the earlier ones, though, because previously on my way to Goldshire, uh, I was walking on the road and I was looking at, I think I was looking at my backpack or something, but someone walked up and was like, hey, do you want a a six pouch bag? And I was like, and you had already given me bags. Um, So I was like, no, thank you. I already have some eight pouches but thank you so much like just someone offering me you know free low level gear um which i thought was really cool just very friendly of the community um so i wrote that down in my notes too i was like that was really cool just like hey do you need this like so i want to talk about this because the reason that i was able to buy you those eight slot bags was because when i logged in and was first playing there was someone with a guild charter and this is something that we'll get to way later. Mm-hmm. But in order to create a guild in WoW, you actually have to get a certain number of people to sign a document saying, yes, create this guild. I will be a member of this guild. Uh, and this person just wanted a, a guild created and didn't care who signed it. Um, and he said, you know, you can leave as soon as you're done, but I'll give you five gold if you sign the guild charter. Oh, nice. And I was like, sure, I don't have any money, you know, I'll sign your charter. So I signed it guild got formed i decided well i'm not gonna play with these people uh, i'm just gonna leave so i left and i had enough money to buy both of us some bags so we could carry around our loot yeah it was it was really nice to have the inventory management kind of taken care of from the beginning um yeah because those bags fill up quick they do that's why i had and the selling wasn't necessarily super intuitive either um which is why i had to ask yeah. you how to do it but once yeah, i figured yeah, it out yeah this. Yeah, you have to find a vendor, and then you have to click through the stuff that you want to get rid of. There's, uh, They kind of denote, like, gray stuff is kind of the junk that you can get rid of. Mm-hmm. Anything that has, like, a white name is maybe a little more useful. Um, it's either, like, a material that you can craft something with, or a consumable, or a piece of equipment. Um, later on, we're going to get uh, items with colors, uh, like green or uh, even other colors. And that'll be green or blue or purple. Or even orange. Okay. Probably not for a while. Uh, and that'll be better and better equipment that we can equip. Oh, cool. Yeah, there was a lot of equipment that I wasn't able to use that I just sort of got rid of that I just found yeah, on they, enemies. They just throw a bunch of stuff at you. Like, you'll get... I don't know if you noticed, but you can only equip, like, certain kinds of armor. Mm-hmm. You, as a rogue, can equip up to, I think, leather. Uh, as a paladin, I can equip mail, which is a little bit heavier. And has a little more uh, has a little more armor. Yeah, I, um, I noticed that. I wasn't able to equip. It had like a little red uh, icon next to it. So I was trying to pick my quest rewards around that. But I also was able to like upgrade a lot of my stuff from things I found off bandits or the kobolds um, or the wolves. Right. Randomly enough, um, yeah, yeah. Some sometimes even wolves will have weapons or boots or something. That yeah, I don't know. Uh. So, yeah, so we're kind of figuring out the inventory management at this point. Uh, Eventually, we get one more quest to go down into the mine, and this is to kill a named kobold 
named Gold Teeth. Did you do this quest? Uh, no, I have not gotten that one yet. Okay, so that's one more quest to go down into the mine. Uh, I'm sure you'll get to it eventually. You might get it as part of the Lover's Quest, or I think it's part of the Pendant Quest, actually. Oh, see, I haven't gotten the Pendant Quest yet. So maybe I need okay. to yeah, talk to more like people at the, the mines. Or at the farms, yeah. There is also... Uh, I wanted to mention one more thing about the farms. It, we see our first blue quest. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. I don't know if but, I did. Uh, but any NPC with a blue sort of quest question mark above their head, that's a repeatable quest. That's oh, I did do. see that. I did see that. Yeah, that's a quest you can do any number of times. And this is someone who will trade uh, water, which is a consumable that restores uh, mana, for apples, a consumable that restores HP. Because not all the classes have mana, but they all have HP. So if you, as a rogue, pick up some water that you don't want to use, you can trade it to him for apples. Yeah, I, th- I did that. I did that. Um, then it popped up the same thing again. I'm like, oh, I guess it's like a repeatable way to exchange this resource than what every class needs to one that yeah. I can use, which I thought was really interesting. Because I noticed that the rogue doesn't have mana, but it does still have a resource for its special abilities. Um, yeah, you have energy, which yep. kind of restores naturally over time, and then was... your abilities will use it up. Gotcha. Does mana um, for the magic classes restore over time, or does it make maybe slower? So, uh, mana restores very slowly, mm. um, and usually it only restores out of combat. Oh, or I see. when you're not casting spells actively. Okay. Whereas energy is just kind of always going up. I think uh, you get 10 energy maybe every few seconds. Maybe 10 yeah, seconds. Yeah, like I, like I would, the, the bar would just go up and then I would use like an ability to, to make it go back down. and. Yeah. Uh, but mana, most of the way that you restore mana is by uh, drinking water. Gotcha. Yeah, that was one of the reasons I leaned towards rogue because I told you I was like kind of between mage and rogue and... I figured it would be easier to focus on a class that didn't have as much resource management. Um, yeah, that's, in that that's definitely true of Rogue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mages at, at one point will even get like reagents that you need to carry around with you to cast some spells. So. Yeah, I figured it just might be a little bit more of a learning curve to the mage versus the Rogue. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Because um, I know like in D&D, um, a lot of the magic users just have a little bit more going on compared to the martial classes. Um, so, yeah. And I think they try and do give each class like enough going on, but it is like an extra system to manage, which when you're starting out like totally brand new, mm-hmm. maybe something that you don't, you're not ready to engage with yet. Exactly. That's, that was exactly my thought process. Yeah. Um, so were there any other quests that you did at this point? Oh, okay. Um, let me think. I... There was one I did that collected some gold dust. I did that along the same time with the candles. Um, right, that's in the mine. Yep. There was one that I got that I haven't done yet that was, it was when I was wandering and I saw, it was like, hey, my, it was like a woodworker, or not a wood, like a, um, a lumber mill. And they're like, hey, we had some people who cut down wood, but then these wolves scared them off. Can you go up there and get the wood they already cut down? And I went up there, and then I saw like I saw one of the enemies, and it was like level ten, and I was I'm still like level seven or eight at this point. And I was like, Ugh, I'm gonna right. I'm gonna come back later. Um, okay. So there were a couple of things like that where I'm just like, like I think I wandered too far from where I was supposed to be when I was looking for the mine. Um, so there are a couple of quests that I still have that I haven't done yet. Um, All right. 
but the the one I got last was to talk to I think it's Guard Thomas. That's right. Uh and he is uh out to the east, kinda around where you were. Yeah, no, I actually ran into him, but I didn't have the quest yet. So uh, like okay. I know where he is, I just have to get back out there. Okay, so you at least got something for your wandering, even if it was uh I also got a lot of locations discovered, which was some free XP. Yeah, you do get a little bit of experience every time you find a new little spot on the map. Mm-hmm. And then you can refer back to it. Otherwise, it's it's kind of like, uh, not grayed out, but it's obscured until then. Right, kind of like a fog of war, almost. Yeah. So, I guess like any, any like final impressions this week. I think next week we'll do the quest that takes us into Stormwind. Uh, there's a delivery quest where we're going to go up there. And then we'll do uh, Thomas's quests and maybe the lumber mill quest, and we'll finish up uh, Elwyn Forest. Um, no, like I said uh, earlier, that it felt like very classic to do a lot of these tropey things, um, like the fetch quest and yeah. things like that. But it was it was enjoyable. Um, the graphics are obviously dated, but in a sort of mm, nostalgic way even though i haven't like played the game uh before yeah. really but it's like i don't know it feels like games at the time so i don't know it, it was it's kind of like a nice feeling to the graphics even though they're not like incredibly good or anything that's such an that's such like a cool thing to hear because that's kind of how i feel coming back to it yeah but at the same time it's like i don't know if that's just the nostalgia talking but i do feel like there's not like a timelessness exactly because it does look dated but it looks dated in like a good stylistic way still it agreed yeah it feels like a not necessarily stereotypical video game but something kind of like that where it just like if you had a picture kind of like a generic video game art style it kind of fits that um yeah totally yeah like in a positive way and a lot of the stuff that it asks you to do is is generic too. It's go talk to this person over here, go gather this material for this person, go kill this kind of enemy. Yeah, it was uh, satisfying to sort of like, like I said earlier, kind of visit the source of a lot of these tropes. Yeah, it. W- I, I had a lot of fun with it, and I'm looking forward to getting back in. Uh, we'll get maybe maybe we'll get. Uh, a quest help add-on installed for you so you don't end up running around all of Elwyn Forest uh, under-leveled. Yeah, that's uh, probably a good idea. Next time. And it'll probably help that way, um, you know, we're on the same page with the quests because uh, they'll be easier for you to find. Oh, but yeah, for sure. So, uh, this part of the show uh, is where I tell Austin about a piece of WoW history, or trivia, or just a funny meme, uh, and this story is going to be the third one uh, <laughs> this week, um, and this is goes all the way back to 2005. This is the story of Kralnor, and I think anyone who played WoW in 2005 knows about Kralnor, so I'm just going to get into it. Uh, so... Around 
back in the old days, WoW had a very popular forum. Uh, and it was on the official Blizzard website, and it was the official WoW forums, and people would make just random posts. And one day, uh, this orc warlock player, because it would, it would say uh, what your character and class was when you posted, um, he made a post uh, for warlock staff users. And I'm just going to read the post in its entirety, because it's pretty short. Uh, I don't like to stress the fact that the warlock rocks, but he just does. So for all you staff users out there, feel free to come in and post. My staff is a good one, but here is how it goes. One, post message in the room. Two, look it over. Three, don't report anything. I might get in trouble. And four, have fun. And this post uh, blew up. Uh, it went the 2005 WoW version of viral. Oh, yeah. Uh, with people posting in the thread about their staffs. Uh, some people just took it at face value and just posted, this is the staff that I use. Some people came in just to meme. Uh, eventually, Kralnor himself uh, came back and said to a few people, okay, guys, how simple can you be? It's a bleeping topic because uh, there's... Uh, language moderation at this time it's a bleeping topic about staff users if you're not a staff user get your ass out jesus <laughs> and uh this was like the most popular post on the forums it got over 100 pages oh my gosh. Of comments uh once it hit a certain number of pages you couldn't read new comments, but you could still post new comments. Oh, God. Because the forum wasn't ready for a certain number of, of comments. Oh, God. Uh, eventually, it, it did have to be uh, deleted uh, by a moderator, but at that point, it had something like 1,200 responses, oh, which my doesn't gosh. sound like that many, but in uh, no. WoW forum numbers, it's a lot. Yeah, I definitely was on internet forums uh, around that time when I was like um, in elementary, middle school. Uh, and yeah, that, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of comments on a on a reply or on a post on a forum. I mean, I know that I'm sure that the Blizzard forums were way more popular than the forums that I, I was on, but still, that's that's a lot of a lot of comments, which is pretty hilarious. Yeah, and um, this post has kind of been immortalized. Um, both Kralnor, uh, the name and uh, the line "My staff is a good one" or "Look it over" <laughs> um, have been referenced a number of times. Um, Blizzard, at a few points, um, when they previewed uh, some content on their website, would use Kralnor uh, equipped with a staff. It was an orc uh, warlock with some gear. would always have a staff. Uh, would show up in the images. Oh, God. Um, there was an April Fool's Day joke page that featured him. Um, there was a ton of content with Kralnor on it. He even has his own card in the trading card game. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Um. Uh, Crownlor's card says, "When Crownlor enters play, you may search your deck for a staff card and let everyone <laughs> look it over." <laughs> That's if incredible. If you do shuffle your deck, put that card on top, uh, and the flavor text is, of course, "My staff is a good one." Incredible, um, absolutely incredible. And uh, yeah, he he will just go down uh, in all time as uh, the warlock who had a had a really good staff. I love it. Uh, That's amazing. Uh, and with that, that actually reminded re me of uh, I. You told <laughs> Go me ahead. so. You told me it was an RP server, and 
<laughs> when I was in the very first area, I was like level two. Uh, there was a person in the the chat, I guess, named Crow Guy, and they just kept typing "caw" in all caps. <laughs> so I looked at the ge- the general chat at one point, and it was like just five messages in a row that said "caw." <laughs> uh, so for, for whatever reason, that just reminded me of of Crow Guy just calling away. Yeah, hopefully we'll get uh, some some interesting. Uh, you'll see that in in slash say and slash yell. Those are on RP servers traditionally the uh, RP in character mm-hmm. uh, channels. So you'll you'll see some of that. I'm hoping I see more of Crow Guy. Ka. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, with that, I think we're gonna wrap up the podcast. Uh, you can follow me at Puppeteer click click is in a group of people uh and you can follow the show at level with you pod on twitter uh and you can also email the show at level with you pod at gmail.com austin where can people find you um so i'm on twitter at patriot fan 09 i'm also on twitch at twitch.tv slash patriot fan 09 i've been playing a lot of elden ring lately um but i think we're getting close to the end of the game so definitely come hey you were saying almost at millennia uh i actually i got to her at the end of my last stream um so oh, okay. yeah she's i might have to tune in yeah it's it's been fun and i'm really close to affiliate i only just need to get my average viewer count just a little bit higher and then i'll hopefully get a sub button so that's pretty cool um, all right well it's official go watch and uh i don't know comment in the chat on austin's stream yes for sure um but yeah give my boy the affiliate status please yes exactly but uh yeah those are the main places you can find me online um i'm on various discord servers as well but if you know if you need anything just reach out to me on twitter I'm more than happy to have a conversation with you so all right well austin I-, I think that's the show awesome great first episode i don't have a sign off but based on how this episode went i'm just gonna say <laughs> <laughs> i love it